Stories. Everybody's got them, and we can learn from each other. History can be traced through letters and writings, but the one thing that has remained throughout the generations is the oral tradition. Oral history is one attempt to pass along the stories, tales, musings, and remembrances of one family for the benefit of listeners for generations to come. Join us now for this episode of Oral History with Jeff Zilkowski. Thank you again for joining us for Oral History. Uh, This is episode 11. Last time we shared with you the uphill climb that it took to get us to the adoption years, part one, and now we'll work our way into adoption years, part two, or the Alexa Joy years, and we'll kind of talk about the joy that came into our life at the end of 2010. But first, I want to do a couple of housekeeping measures. Um, Thank you again so much for just being a part of oral history. Thank you for supporting us with your kind comments and your prayers and good wishes. Um, We also have... uh, a Patreon account. You'll see it on our website, oral-history.com. There's a button to follow and you can go to Patreon and you can become a patron of our podcast as well. And that will just help us defray some of the expenses we've had to incur for the website and the podcasting platform that we're on so that we can keep all the episodes instead of just doing a certain amount and then dumping the old ones. So thank you for your support in that. Thank you for supporting us in listening. Again, oral history is all about you, the listener. And we want to take you back to the end of chapter 10, uh, episode 10, where we talked about we were approaching the end of 2010 thinking that adoption wasn't going to happen for us. And everything changed in a moment, a phone call. So I'll let Riss start that with the story. So it was about mid-December. 2010 and uh, we'd we had a we had a small group that met at our house quite often and we just shared with them you know the prayer request hey we're we're just a little disappointed you know it's come the end of the year we really thought we'd be parents already and so just pray for us because it's it's a little hard we know it's going to happen but you know and uh before she left that night our friend jan jarvis um dear friend just said, can I just pray with you? And she prayed the most beautiful prayer that God would show up just in an amazing way for us. And I know I was in tears, but it was just a blessing just to be prayed over like that. And it was funny too, because Jeff had shared, he, for some reason, he'd just put together the crib. We had a crib. We had a onesie. We had some newborn diapers. Like we were like, okay, we, we could be ready. But, um, yeah, it's just not happening this year. And speaking of the crib, I just on the spur of a moment one day, it had sat in a box in our upstairs bedroom for the better part of probably a year. And I just felt compelled one day to break that box open. I get these little bursts of energy and creativity and craftsmanship where I want to actually do something. And I took my tools and I went upstairs and I put together that crib. And we just, we didn't think much of it at the time, but it was God saying, I'm getting you ready for this. I believe it was a, I don't know. I, in my brain, I think it was a Tuesday morning, but I just, you know, it wasn't just day off, so it couldn't have been Monday. So we're getting, he's getting ready for work and 
I get a phone call from our social worker and she says, hey, I've got um, a social medical to go over with you. Now this happens, these are pre-calls um, because we've written down all the things we're okay with and we're not okay with. And um, usually birth moms would do the same kind of thing and they would try to match them up with the family that had the things that are closest to them. So they would do what they called a pre-call where she'd kind of go over the social medical history with, with us. And we would say, Oh yeah, we would like for that parent to look over our, um, uh, our profile. So we're like, sure. And she said, so because it's close to, you know, it's close to Christmas. So, it, oh, it had to be the 22nd yeah, it of was December. The 22nd. So it was the 22nd of December. And you'll know why I know later. But she said, if because it's so close to the holiday, would you mind looking this over before Jeff goes to work? Oh, no, sure. So she told us a few things. I'm like, all right, well, we'll look it over. I said, oh, by the way, um, do you know when the birth mom is due? Because usually Megan would tell us that. Um, before she hung up and she stopped for a second, there was a pause and she said, well, actually the baby was born last night and Jeff and I looked at each other and we said, okay, we'll look, we'll call you right back. At that moment, your brain goes into kind of this like warp and yeah. you you kind of disassociate yourself from your body for a second because the first thing that we started to do was we started to calculate now the baby was born on the 21st and we know the mom has a 72 hour waiting period before she can sign the surrender papers so that means depending on what time sometime on christmas eve we're going to have a baby and your brain just stops functioning. Mm. Like between Riss and I, we had a half a working brain at that moment. Honestly, it felt like that. I felt like I had one foot nailed to the floor and I was walking around in the kitchen in a circle, just a mess of emotions and hope and joy and excitement and fear, all of these things percolating at once and I couldn't operate well. Yeah, he was kind of a mess. He was actually crying already going, we're going to have a baby for Christmas. And I said, come on, let's go look at the social medical form. Because we wanted to make sure, of course, that there was nothing that we really had an issue with. But we read over the social medical form that had been emailed to us. And we called Megan back and we're going, yeah. And she said, well, I'll tell you this. Don't get in the car and drive <laughs> yeah. here. Well, she... She had said, you know, I knew this was coming down the pike because Alexa's birth mom had contacted the agency about a week before she had her C-section. But because we'd had uh, a failed adoption before, um, birth mom, her birth mom did not want to choose the family. When that happens, the person who's the family who's at the top of the list, the waiting list, is the one. Um, I mean, as I mean, I'm guessing as long as it's, you know, pretty close to um, a good match. So um, she tells us this later. So uh, we're like, oh, my gosh, we're what she goes, just calm down. She goes, I got to get in touch with her birth 
with the birth mom's social worker so she can facilitate the meeting at the hospital. It's at OSU Medical Center, so it's in Columbus. Um, they're a great adoption-friendly hospital. And she said, I will call you back. So just hold down the fort. So we're there and we go, we looked at each other after we hung up and I go, oh my gosh, it'll be Christmas Eve. And you have to understand, Jeff was working at Cuyahoga Valley Church at the time and Christmas Eve is a big deal. Um, you know, he, he was the technical director at that point. We had at least four, I think four Christmas Eve services. I was supposed to be singing that night and we're going, we're not going to be there. Right. And it's the 22nd. So we tried to call, of course, Jeff's dad lived with us. So we told him because he was here already, tried and tried to get a hold of my parents. And I didn't want to leave it on the answer machine, right. but they weren't home. So I'm thinking, oh, so actually Brian Howell found out before my parents did that we were <laughs> getting a baby because we had to tell him, we're like, we're not, we're not going to be there. We're going to, we're getting a baby. Like, um, and he goes, oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Don't worry. People pulled stuff together. Every, you know, everyone jumped in to help and I'm sure it went off fine, but yeah, we weren't there Christmas Eve. Um, literally five minutes after we hung out with Brian, we hear a car drive up and I go, oh my gosh, I forgot my friend, Angel Wolliver. Hi, Angel. She was coming over. We were going to have coffee. We were just going to hang out. And I so I ran out the door and I go, Angel, you're not going to believe this. She goes, you got a baby. And I'm like, we're going to get a baby. And she says, okay, I'll leave. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to help us. You have to tell us what to do. And she's like, what? I'm like, I can't even think. Like, I don't know. So she she comes in and she's wonderful. She's like, okay, do you have this, this, this? I'm like, yeah, we've got. She goes, do you have a changing table? I'm like, oh my gosh, we don't have a changing table. And she's like, okay, we're going to go look for a changing table. And then she issued orders to Jeff. She came Not up. To, I asked for them. He's like, I don't. She came up to the baby's room what was going to be the baby's room and it was kind of half storage half thing she goes get this stuff out of here you know he's like okay so he cleaned out this room while we went looking for a changing table which we didn't find but at least it gave us something to do like i wasn't obsessing about i have to jump in the car so we got a call back from megan saying okay you're going to meet at whatever time i don't know sometime that afternoon um so Angel left and we got ready and we got in the car because it's about a two hour drive. And then she called us again while we were in the car. I was driving and Megan called and said, hey, um, you know, because of the holidays and there's legal stuff you have to get done, like you got to pick a name and the your your lawyer has to submit um, your application basically for adoption. Um and as soon as possible. So she's like, we want to get this in, you know, the day after Christmas. Like, as soon as the court's open, we want to be able to do this. So I'm like, well, we'd actually already started working with a lawyer before the failed adoption. So they already had all our information on the paperwork. And we, we she said, okay. And I said, we've, she's like, well, you need to find a name. Like, I don't want to pressure you. Like, oh, we have a name. She's like, all right, are you ready to learn the sex of your baby? Because she hadn't told us if it was a boy or a girl because she didn't want to influence us either way. And 
I'm I'm just listening to Jeff's side of the conversation because I'm driving. And he said, oh, we have a name. And so she, she told him and he goes, then it's Alexa Joy. And I yelled, it's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was pretty exciting. I don't know what he was feeling at that moment. Just, uh, we were we were dealing with the potential of a girl in the failed adoption back in July and August. And that's just how God had wired me, I guess, to to be ready for that then. And I, I mean, I was okay either way. I mean, one of the things we I wanted to create a legacy for my dad. Um, my dad's Alex, and we definitely wanted to create a legacy for him. So we had said all along that boy or girl, it was going to be some form of Alex. And we had, we were going to go with Alex David, I think. Alexander David. Alexander David, was my middle name. And if it was a girl, we were going to go with Alexa Joy, and Joy being uh, Larissa's best friend, Krista's middle name. And so we were we were all set on that. And and I was just I was ready for a girl. I I <laughs> that's where we were. Now we have to explain something about Alexa's name at this point, because Alexa now that she's eleven, she will have people walk up to her in this oh, day and age of Amazon. All her life. All, uh, the, in this day and age of Amazon, people will wa- walk up to her and ask her what the temperature is, or to play their favorite song, or something of that nature. And we've tried to explain to her that she predates Amazon Alexa. Amazon Alexa, I looked it up recently, uh, actually came about in November of 2014. It had a project name prior to that, but they settled on Alexa in 2014. So she was fully four years old. So our Alexa is the original Alexa. That's right. She's the OG, okay? (laughs) She's the old gangsta Alexa, and she's been around four years longer than Amazon's version, but it doesn't stop people from teasing her. And, and she's so, hated it all her life. And so right now she's not thrilled with her name. So she wants to be called anything but that. So, you know, I call her Lex, Lexi, um, AJ. My sister's always called her AJ. Um, she introduces herself as Alex. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. Um Anyway, so we knew it was a girl. So we come and we actually have, I'm so glad we took so many pictures when we were at the hospital. We took a picture, a selfie of us waiting in the waiting room for the um, social worker. And, you know, just the first time we each held her and um, all kinds of things. We actually, I made a photo book out of it later. And I'm so glad we have that because... It's just a visual. Like I can tell the story, but we actually have the visual of the story. And I made copies for my parents and for her birth mom, Crystal, and for her birth grandma as well. Um, that That is just so nice. So we're taking pictures. We're so excited. We meet, I can't remember her name, but the other social worker, she came up and um, took us up stairs to meet Crystal and Alexa. Um so we go in and um i didn't realize this but because because um crystal didn't want to choose the family this this was the first time she had seen our profile um the social worker gave her a copy of our profile before she walked in before we came in but she didn't really have time to read it she wanted to meet us like she was 
intent on i need to meet the birth fan and the the adoptive family and let's get this moving yeah, so everything was on this was this just... there's this end point of sometime friday afternoon christmas mm-hmm. eve mm-hmm. where this all has to take place and be done in her mind yeah and for us as well so we walked in uh to the room and the social worker introduced us to crystal and she said hi it's nice to meet you um come you can put your coats over there and then come get some hand sanitizer and you can hold the baby i'm like okay <laughs> so i'm sure that i i had my hands on that baby first and she was just the most beautiful thing i'd ever seen i just yeah i it was almost surreal still like we couldn't really believe that this little person was going to be our child um and I was still holding myself back a little, I think, emotionally because of what had happened before. I'm like, you know, okay, but it's really all up in the air until the mom signs, the birth mom signs the paper. So um, we just, so we spent a little time there and not long after we got there, Crystal's mom came, Cheryl came in and she had... I knew I was going to like her from the first moment. She had a, a gift for us mm-hmm. and a card to the proud new parents. She didn't know who these people were going to be. And um, I mean, they had no idea. And we're uh, we're Caucasian and Alexa is African-American. So they didn't know. I'm like, I, I don't know. Are people going to be okay with this? And just got nothing but love from Cheryl from the first moment. And... It was a lovely card. It was a sweet outfit that I still have that she brought to us for Alexa. And we just immediately started talking. She says, so tell me uh, about yourselves. Because obviously she hadn't read the profile and neither. So I just, I'm usually the spokesperson. But you also have to understand during this time, I began to get a sense from the Lord that there was going to be a lot more going on here than I was going to be a part of. Um, African-American culture is very matriarchal in nature. And in this family, it, it's very much about the, mm-hmm. the matriarch of the family, um, the, the matriarch being Cheryl's mom. and Mother and McCarter. Mother McCarter. And I just, I began to sense during this time that it was best for me to just make myself less available like initially i was there well i think when cheryl was first there i think he had ended up holding alexa and so i I, cheryl and i talked and i just told her about us told her where jeff worked and she's like what kind of church is it and i said southern baptist she goes oh so are we and i mean just or we're baptist too and just we had so many things in common you know i sing cheryl sings and she said at one point, she said to the social worker, she said, wow, you guys did a really great job matching us up. And the social worker <laughs> said, oh, no, um, we actually didn't. And so she explained what happens, you know, because Crystal didn't want to pick the family. So we were the f- ones at the top of the list for African-American biracial family adoptive family and so Cheryl looked right at me and said oh so God did this Mm -hmm. and I said yes he did and like we had that moment and 
we have been close ever since. Um, it was like God was affirming to both of us because, you know, Cheryl and, and Crystal were really close, you know, they, and I think that, you know, Cheryl may, was having a hard time, you know, it's one of my grandkids, but it's kind of like it was God's affirmation to her is it's going to be okay. And to me that it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And this is a family that you can uh, be a part of. You know, we'd always said, look, if it's in the best interest of our child, we want to know the we want her to know her birth family because especially being a different race like we don't we don't know what it's like to be african-american and i'm so thankful that she's got crystal and cheryl and um her auntie Aunt karen. karen and um, uncle gerald uncle gerald and aunt cynthia and um her great grandma mccarter just these people who can speak life into her and just give her her perspective of her culture that she doesn't have with us. And, um, and obviously you can see that we are very close. We actually exchanged information at the hospital before Crystal even was discharged. And it's uh, just a matter of a lot of adoptive kids spend their life in angst because of the things that they can't know. Um, Adoption in the 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s and 90s went through what most social workers will refer to as the dark ages because all adoptions were closed. And it was only at the point of age 18 that a, an adoptive child could even go looking for their parent. And now they're 18 years behind the ball. And they. If even they could if, find if any he, information. Yeah. And so um, just from a social medical history, if something pops up in Alexa's life, we can talk to Grandma Cheryl and say, you know, have, have your fa has your family dealt with this in the past? What, what can we do? I mean, we extended our family in this adoption beyond Alexa. We gained aunts and uncles and friends and, 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 uh, a grandma in Cheryl, who's actually younger than I am. Um, no, no she's just three just, years older. Just barely older, yeah. And just so there's this family that we've become a part of, and they've become a part of us. And we're so grateful for that for Alexa's sake. Um, again, whatever's in the best interest of the child, for Alexa's sake, it's best for her to have contact with everybody in her family and to know from where she came. Yeah, and we realize, we we do not take this for granted. We realize that in some cases, in many cases, that's not what's best for the child, um, especially if they're taken away for one reason or another. Um, but we don't take that for granted. We know that God did this, and he made it a beautiful thing. We have a beautiful family, a beautiful extended family, and we love them and we're so grateful because Alexa is one of the best gifts we've ever gotten in our lives. And, and I have to tell you this too, Crystal was 25 when Alexa was born and she had three girls already. The twins were not quite five, their birthdays in January and Amari was not quite three. She was turning three in a week. And she, she said, I just, I just can't do this. If I kept this one, then nobody would get 
what they need because I'm barely making it as it is. The birth dad isn't involved and I literally don't have room for another car seat in my car. But I can give a gift to a couple like you who can't have children. So that's what I'm going to do. And you have to have a lot of respect for that. I, I actually had someone say to me as I'm telling this story several years ago, well, why didn't she just buy a bigger car? <laughs> and I kind of nicely pointed out their white privilege at yeah, that point right. of, of realizing that, look, this is a single African-American mom who has a job, has a car, is keeping things together, but barely. Like she can't aff- she can't afford to just go and get a bigger car. Like that would solve all her problems. It, 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 you know, she did what she felt was best for everyone involved, even though it was hard. It had to be hard. It was hard for Cheryl. It was hard for Crystal. But it was the best thing to do for everyone involved and the best for us yeah, and she didn't she even looking, know us she was looking for us you know who we wanted children desperately and couldn't have them um and so we are so grateful that she was brave enough to make that decision it's incredible any birth mom who chooses adoption because she knows that's what's best for the child that's huge, people. You've got to give them a lot of credit. And I was very thankful that our agency um, that we worked with was very much on the side of the birth parents. Uh, you know, we were not entitled to this child. Until the papers were signed, this child firmly belonged to Crystal. And if she changed her mind, that was totally her prerogative. And the agency was like, you've got to be okay with that. And that's a wonderful lead in to what those next three days looked like. We stayed in Columbus. Well, now the first day the we first had day. to go home because um, nothing could happen, obviously, until Christmas Eve. But um, we went home because Jeff's dad lived with us. So um, we went home and, you know, showed him pictures, told him all about it. And then um, the next day we made plans to go and spend the night so that we would be there Christmas Eve to then bring her home with us. So we had, somebody had bought us a car seat. So we got that out and put that in the car. Well, we just put it in the car. We didn't, we didn't buckle it in or anything. Cause they said, Oh, they're, they're going to have, you're going to have to take it in. They're going to look at it. They're going to make sure it. you inspect, they're going to inspect it. And then they'll help you put it in the car. And, um, so we just had that. And then we packed some clothes and, um, actually someone, Gave us a voucher for I an think overnight somebody stay. Gave us a voucher for an overnight stay, and so we got a hotel room, and um, we had uh, our friend Jan was going to check in on Grandpa because she had a key to our house. So we're like, just you know, he's he's fine on his own, but you know, just check in on him because you know he's used to having us around, and um, yeah. So it was crazy. We got <laughs> we got we got to the hotel, and I think Jeff realized. I had Either not then that he had he'd only packed undershirts he hadn't packed like his overshirt like a shirt to go over like, seriously we did have half a brain at the time it was just it's amazing we didn't get lost um, Walmart Walmart came to the Walmart came to the course, rescue again and I I'm telling the the 
um, check out girl, we're getting a baby. And they're like, what? <laughs> like this lady's crazy. I couldn't not had to tell everybody. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was kind of surreal. Jeff actually did make himself kind of scarce. Um, I did. But I had a lot of great conversations with Crystal, with Cheryl. And I really think that, I think Crystal talked more when he wasn't there. Right. Um, which was fine. And he sat and watched TV and prayed. And um, we just, it was just a blessed time. And I feel like even, you know, Christmas Eve day, you know, when we knew it was the time, the day. And um, I was in the room with just Crystal and Cheryl and Jeff was not in there. And Alexa and um, I remember Cheryl was, she was, she had to go. So she was saying goodbye to Alexa and she was holding her and she was crying. But not sobbing, but just, you know, tears. And she was, she, I wished that I'd had a recorder so I could record. She prayed the most beautiful prayer over that baby. And I was in tears and I think Crystal was in tears. Just, it was a beautiful, holy moment. And after it, Crystal said to her mom, are you sure you want to do this? Meaning the adoption. Now you would think that that would throw me into a panic, but it didn't. I just had this deep well river of peace running through my body that I I can only explain was God because but then Cheryl said no this is the right thing to do and um notice the direction of that question and where the answer came from it wasn't Cheryl asking Crystal mm -hmm. it was Crystal the birth mom asking grandma are you sure you want to go through with this because that's 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 telling of their relationship too. Yeah, and but and we also had um, at one point Crystal had asked. I forgot to say this earlier that Crystal had asked us if we'd picked a name, and I said yes. I said Alexa Joy, and she said, and I said why is there, you know, did you have a request? Did you because in our training they're like you know sometimes they. I don't know, they may make a request about the name and you know, if you if you can come to some sort of agreement about something, if they wanted, you know, it, try to honor that if you can. And she said, well, all my girls, my dad was Arthur Lee Wright and my brother was Arthur Lee Wright Jr. And they're both gone now. So I have, all of my girls have Lee in their name somewhere. And I was like, oh, I said, well, I said, I, I really love how Alexa Joy flows together, but I said, would you be okay? Maybe we can think of another middle name. You know, lots of kids, actually one of the twins I think has two middle names. I said, would that be okay if we come up with something like, you know, Alexa Joy Lee or Alexa Joy Leanne or she said, yeah, that would be okay. So I'm trying to figure you know, so that was the first day. So we, I was trying to think of it before we came back and my best friend called me because my husband had messaged her and said, you need to call Larissa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she, so she called Krista called me. She goes, you got a baby. I'm like, yeah, we're getting a baby. And I said, so I told her the dilemma of trying to think of a middle name with Lee in it. She says, well, you know, and I didn't, but she said, you know, the name for joy in Filipino, which is, she went to a boarding school in the Philippines. The Filipino word for joy is Ligaya. 
Now, it's spelled L-I-G-A-Y-A. And I'm like, but I could spell it L-E-E-G-A-Y-A because who's going to know that? And it's so Alexa's name is Alexa Joy Ligaya Zokowski. And um, which I think is absolutely beautiful. And uh, Crystal was totally cool with. So Alexa has also has Lee in in her official name um, to honor her grandfather and her uncle Tank, um, who are both gone. So, we, you know, we just really tried to do that. I think that kind of fostered, you know, the good relationship that we have. So for the sake of time, because we are running short in this particular episode, we're going to make our way into the adoption years part three, and we're going to take you into what we went through that evening, Christmas Eve, because Mm -hmm. Crystal uh, left the hospital about 4.30 that afternoon. She had to go home and get ready for her kids to have Christmas Eve. And we were left alone with Alexa in a nursery. And we want to share that portion and then the rest of that night and on into the few first few days and, and months of our life together as a family. But we want to put a pause there right now. And we just want to pray for you. Um, again, oral history is about you, the listener. And we care for you deeply and want to pray for you. And if any of the issues that we've touched on, adoption, um, difficulty in parenting, being an adopted child or an adopted parent or being a birth parent, if any of these things have touched your heart, know that we're here to talk beyond the Oral History Podcast. You can reach us through our website again, oral-history.com. There's a button where you can click and you can call us and we'll chat with you because we want to just we want to be of service to you in whatever it is that you're going through. So with that in mind right now, let me close in a prayer and then we'll be ready for episode number 12, the Adoption Years Part 3. So, Father, I thank you so much for our time together today. I pray, Father, that you would um, just continue to use this forum to bless people, to um, let them know that they are... Uh, special in your eyes and that they that you have plans and that you orchestrate events and you bring things about in just your right time and in your right way like you did for us in this adoption of Alexa it was truly your doing it was a god thing from beginning to end and you had a plan and we're so grateful for that and so father for those who are listening i pray father that you would give them uh, illumination by your holy spirit to understand that you are working in their lives that very same way that you do have their life in your hands and that you are guiding and directing and loving them in the process and that you do have a plan for them so father be glorified thank you for your love and your care for us thank you for the cross Thank you for uh, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, your sacrifice in sending him to earth to be a sacrifice on the cross, and the way that you rescued us through that sacrifice. So, Father, we love you. We commit our lives to you, and we're so grateful for what you're going to do in and through us. Uh, We look forward to episode 12, and we'll see you next time on the Oral History Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Aural History. This has been a production of Z Media and is copyrighted with all rights reserved. Join us again next time.